Hello, everyone, and this is the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett speaking. Hey, it's a time man. We're back. Got an interesting idea, some uh, interesting subject to talk about today. Well, let's hope. We're always hoping for the best with these things, but we did want to. Goes, <laughs> yeah. It goes pretty well, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's 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 our sincere hope. Yeah. And to continue on, <laughs> not from the last podcast, but from the one before, I believe we were talking about Air Force One. This is what the Mandalorian. I think it was the one before that before we were talking Mandalorian. about. Wow. Okay. Uh, no. Well, no, 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 no. You're right. It was the Mandalorian because the last one was Jeff Fahey. We didn't mention this and Jeff no. Fahey. This got was it. must have been from the Mandalorian where somehow we got into the subject of Harrison Ford and Air Force One, which is a movie I have not seen. You've never all. seen Air Force One? No, I've never seen it's Air a, Force One. You could borrow from my uh, shop. I have the widescreen tape. Oh, widescreen so, tape. Well, if I yeah. if I'm gonna watch it, that's the version I'm gonna watch. Yeah, as well. I'll I'll dig it out for you. But uh, but, you know, with all credit to our friend Ben, I don't know if I should say his last name, but we came up with this idea because you know Hollywood loves their sequels, and also oh, they yeah. love not changing the formula of things. So <laughs> what if they did a movie called Air Force One Two? Yeah, <laughs> which is what it would be called, Air Force One Two, which wouldn't yeah. be confusing at all. No, and it's it, like it, uh, yeah. Delta Force Commando Priority Red One. Yeah. Commando 2 Priority Red Yeah, yeah, one. Delta Force Commando 2 Priority Red 1. Right, but in this case, you know, the numbers would be kind of next to each other. Yeah. And But, you know, Harrison Ford would still be the president, and he'd still be yelling at people to get off his mode of transportation. Yeah. So this one, it could be like, get off my boat. Yeah, because he has like a presidential presidential boat, right? It's like, yeah. get off my boat. <laughs> and then you know, then there may be Air Force One Three, where maybe he says, <laughs> one, two, three. "Get off my hovercraft." Oh, yeah. I can see because the, the mode of transport. He has a presidential hovercraft. Yes, <laughs> there's like a seal. You can totally see the presidential seal on it. <laughs> yes, like... and you know because they keep doing these sequels and they keep needing more modes of transportation, they get progressively sillier and sillier. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. I'm surprised they didn't make an Air Force One Two. And then <laughs> finally, by the time they got to like Air Force One. 10, Ten, he'd say, <laughs> get get off my snurf board because apparently there's something called a snurf board. Okay, which what I've is never a snurf board, Brett? I, I don't I I don't know. I haven't done the research on this. I believe this came from Ben, but I think it's something like a boogie board that you can use in snow and surf. Hence, snurf. All right, that sounds fun. It's kind of like, uh, what was that game you have for Nintendo? Oh, TNC Surf Designs. Yeah, I guess maybe this is some sort of a real-life cross between the two. I have not done the research on this. <laughs> well, you could um, be a snurfboarder when you grow up. That is my dream, but that's <laughs> beside the point. But obviously, Harrison Ford would have a presidential snurfboard <laughs> with the seal on it. And then yeah, there's guys trying to get on it, or they are on it, and he tells them in a very commanding yeah. tone of voice to get off his snurfboard. Yeah. Get off my snurfboard. Right. right. Like, the Max I, Drummer himself would say that. <laughs> Yeah, he's not Indiana Jones or Hunter. He's Max Drummer to us. Yeah, no, like, to us that, he is. Yeah, that's his best work. <laughs> well, because I think we were—that's the thing we were talking about. Expendables oh, three. That's right. And we and were saying he looked confused that. and all that, and it, he yeah. didn't really know what was going on. And it's and so he had a helicopter, which he would probably tell people to get off if uh, they were on it. No, no one was on. No, like Romanian Russians were on a helicopter for him to say something. No, I think it was just some fellow Expendables. Yeah, it's like, I think it was him. I think maybe Jet Li and Schwarzenegger. I think <laughs> uh, they don't do much in the third one, as you notice when you watched it. Well, 
there's only so much trench can do in this third installment <laughs> and there's like 75 characters so yeah, you know <laughs> we're lucky to get what we get i still like to even get trench trench expendables too trench and that's a uh it's stallone say that or does bruce willis say that that I, questioning of trench i think it's stallone okay because he's, he's surprised like he, yeah. He breaks through some sort of like cave and then like starts to trench. What is this new show that's on Netflix that has Schwarzenegger? I hear I, I it's don't, You haven't seen ads for know. this? or? Uh, uh, no, no, I have, but I just don't really know much about it. It looks kind of like True Lies, but dumber. It's like, <laughs> and in show form? And in show form? I don't know. It looks to me, I read some reviews, it looked a bit, let's just say, irritating irritating okay because you know got you know you got schwarzenegger he's like he's schwarzenegger but he's these other annoying irritating characters that annoy him and like have that stupid comedy that we don't like right okay kind of like that weird kind of fake fast way of talking with references (laughs) is that the best way to put it i guess or yeah i I don't know i don't want to go into that sort of non-comedy that well we no, like. no i just want to mention that i saw the trailer I was like oh no <laughs> well trench has got to do something and he's not being trench thought, you know i thought trench or schwarzenegger was supposed to be a different show where he's like a cowboy I'm well sure that, that could one. be good because i don't um, think he's ever really been in a western oh mm, no. no no i guess he hasn't but He's come close because what was that movie? Um, it's not a Western, but we saw it in the theater and it was. Oh, The Last Stand? The Last Stand. That was oh, very yeah, much in the close. vein of a Western. That's like a modern Western, really. I'm the sheriff. It's like, <laughs> yes, he's the, he's the sheriff. I have to work at my sports It's still only easier to do. <laughs> because when Church shows up, a.k.a. Bruce Willis, doesn't he say yeah. something similar like Church? Or am I just making it? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just always questioning who are these people. It's like I think Bruce Willis says you can call me Church. It's like he has a he, we don't really know his real name. His name is Church. Remember they're talking in a church. <laughs> but we don't really we never know Bruce Willis's name. But they don't talk in a trench, do they? With no, no. Uh... <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> we should probably get to well, we have. Um, what well, we were watching. what we watched, so which yeah. we did watch Fists of Steel with Carlos yes. Palomino. Yes, and Henry Silva. What a movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a great movie, but it's very rare. It's hard oh, to find. Yeah. And you spend it's, a lot I, of money. I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of years trying to find it. About but 12. I, think, I think we could say it was worth it because. I it, think it was. I mean, it's the type of movie that Vinger Syndrome should release. And it has that wacky kind of tone to it with a bunch of non-actors, which was really great. And <laughs> there's one very unsurprising twist and one pretty surprising twist that comes that's, kind of one yeah, after another. That's kind of interesting. I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, one really, really obvious one. <laughs> and Not one that obvious. you can't say was obvious at all. So No, no one can um, ever predict that. Um, so it's it's a rare movie with Carlos Palomino. Not can to be confused with that other movie which you mentioned that we have seen with Nasty Dale Apollo Cook. Well, no, no, no. Called Fist of Steel. Oh, Fist of Steel with Dale Apollo or Apollo <laughs> Cook. Yes. So I watched that a couple of years ago. The punching, it's never ending punching. It's like <laughs> So I think you'd love it. This would be like one of your favorite movies cause it's Oh, like I love it. I love I have so much punching. It's like <laughs> you got to love it. Uh, yeah, I guess. But as uh, 
yeah, as far as the Fist of Steel, apparently yes. he had like some sort of knuckle and like bone replacement of steel joints. So when he yeah. punches people, he it's like really hurts them because it's more they're like yeah. having brass knuckles, I guess, of some kind. And it Henry really... Silva, of course, is the evil bad guy. Exactly, an evil face, just like uh, Brian James, Kerry Tagawa, and of course Billy Drago. So, so what? Are, right. Why are they all in one movie as like four bad guys? Well, that'd be a lot of bad guys. It'd be just so much evil face. It's like <laughs> almost too much for the viewer, probably. I think we can only maybe handle about two evil faces. I don't think well, what's four. the opposite. Yeah, well, that's true. It's too much. Like, what'll yeah. be the opposite? Like happy face. Who has happy face? Uh, who has happy face? Really I don't think sure. anyone has happy face. <laughs> Maybe Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's true. He's very he happy. happy face. He's very upbeat. Uh, <laughs> or maybe Jimmy Fallon or like, oh, awesome, 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 awesome. It's just like, <laughs> it's just right. Like, right. Like, so, well, you wouldn't want him in a movie facing well, off against. He's already in movies. You know, he's in Taxi. Well, <laughs> I meant in a type of movie where you're facing off against evil face. Like an action movie. I know yeah. he's been in movies like, uh, been... what's that other one? Fever Pitch? Was he in that? I think I actually watched that because I was bored. Um, it was okay. <laughs> so it's right. We can't be found all day, but we should probably get to our <laughs> subject. Um, well, this is a subject that I believe you came up with, as you often do, where it's just kind of like trying to highlight some undiscovered gems that we've yeah. uncovered along the years on our website. Yeah, we're doing the website for what 12 years now 13 years actually so it's like right. you know what we don't really the goal really of this podcast is to talk about every movie on the site so well what about like a whole episode dedicated to that idea right because so. you know we have these themes that we do and maybe these movies don't really fit into the theme so we would never talk it's, about them exactly so it's not like very themed or you know matthias hughes something like that so right so these are ones that might not fit in but still worth talking about exactly um, so I think that's pretty much it as far as the idea. Yeah, I have 12 plus movies we can talk about today. So I could jump right into it, okay. which is um, Awaken from 2015. <laughs> uh, Natalie Byrne. Yes. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, this is a surprising choice because I, I didn't think I just didn't see this coming because I no, you know, no. I don't know what the movies are that you've chosen well, i never I, I, mean, I knew the idea i didn't think awaken was going to be one of them so why did you choose awaken well because i was trying to think that we haven't seen natalie byrne in a while we haven't talked about natalie byrne in a while mm-hmm. I thought, this was pretty decent for an independent production uh, we gave it two and a half stars or bits um so billy cope played by natalie byrne also the cast is amazing before i get to the plot you know you got nat byrne you got Robert Duffy, you got Ed Furlong. <laughs> it's short everyone's name. Short everyone. Dar yeah. Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dar, Dar Hannah. It's like Dar Robinson, right? He was that stuntman. Yes. Of course, he died making Million Dollar Mystery. Did you, did well, you know that? Um, I, You might have told me that at one time, but I don't have that off the top of my head. Well, but if, you know, if you got to die for your art, I guess... Yeah. Uh, Million dollar mysteries. Thousand reasons why. Did you? Yeah. I was just about to sing that. Yeah. Well, it's a million dollar mystery. A thousand reasons why. Wouldn't it be a million reasons why? You think? <laughs> Maybe they're like multiplying it somehow. I, I don't know. You, but, don't wait to look up the story. I, did, I think we talked about this before, but I mean, like, someone won this contest it's like in the movie. And Dino De Laurentiis was not happy someone figured it out. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And Dar Robinson died. This is a crazy and, story. Yeah, and the the biggest name they have is Tom Bosley, 
Oh, so like, and Eddie and Deason? Guess, Eddie Deason, I think, I guess Kevin Pollack, but it was an early role for him. See, every time you see a Kevin Pollack special, I notice it's like he relates to the usual suspects or he's short. So he's the littlest suspect. That's <laughs> is like that the com- name of one of his stand up specials? Yeah, it is. Like the littlest suspect. Like, okay, he's pretty short. I mean, like. <laughs> See, I, I've never seen Million Dollar Mystery, but I do kind of get that mixed up with Midnight Madness because isn't that also so similar? I've definitely seen Midnight Madness. That's like, yes, and ha- that has a great song too. Um, I, wait, what was that again? It's Midnight Madness starts <laughs> to get to you. Oh, it's, that's right. I it's forgot. sort of I like heard... a disco. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like 1978. <laughs> disco was huge, so it was like a disco type song. That's fun. I I saw it. Ages ago, so I need to rewatch it. Uh, right, so I wait, think it might so... be time for a, a, a rewatch of Midnight Madness. Oh, absolutely. See, it's good you're saying this on the recording so I can remember. <laughs> okay, that's that's yeah. what I tell Connor Like I, I think I said, I'm saying this now on the recording so I can remember, but now I don't remember what that was. So this whole podcast is just one big voice memo to you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, did I write it down? Okay, so yeah, so uh, Awaken. Okay, so uh, Billy Cope, played by Nat Byrne. Wakes up on a tropical island, has no memory how she got there, but she's become she gets held captive, and you know Furlong's there. Bob Davi, uh, Furlong plays a guy named Berto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember Berto? <laughs> no, not at all. And Natalie Byrne's dad's played by Benny the Jet Riquez. Okay. So, and there's also Jason London, uh, Vinnie Jones as Sarge and Xander played by Michael Pare, and of course Daryl Hannah plays Mao. <laughs> It is a great cast. Really yeah. great. Like what? She's like, she's Asian. It's like, <laughs> I don't think that was ever explained. No, but so we said it's like a direct video version of Avenging Force, the Condemned and Death Ring. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's, I think that's a very good explanation. Yeah. Well, we watched it on Showtime Extreme. So we, as we call the deep cable. So I think it's overall pretty good, but we were talking about how Sophia Skaya from Assassin's Run and Shadows in Paradise, they should team up. And that would be such a cool movie. Yes, yes, it would. Ballerina yeah. and then regular fighting. Yes. No, no, that that that's a good idea. And, you know, Natalie Byrne could be like a modern-day action star, but yeah, we're kind of waiting to see more. Well, the problem is, you know, it's hard to get money for these independent productions. Yeah. Know? So if she was like a, a bigger name, like a Mila Jovovich, you could probably get something off the ground. Well, yeah, but not everyone can be Mila Jovovich. Well, speaking of off the ground, mostly what she does in her movies is flip around in the air. Say <laughs> <laughs> Mila Jovovich is off the ground is, is easy for her. That's what she does all the time. Yeah, she loves doing that, ultraviolet. And uh, most like, of the Resident Evil movies. Oh, she's boing. You know, she's spinning yeah. around. She's like one of those parks for kids with the trampolines. Did you watch all of those or not yet? Resident uh, Evil's. I believe I have seen all of them, unless there's like a really new one. But I've seen I, all the classic ones. newer one. one. The cl- well, you, you've seen what? One, two, three, four. I mean, like, I don't remember all the names, but it's like uh, I've Apocalypse. seen a good amount of them, up yeah. to maybe six. I don't know. Okay, that's pretty good. Like, oh, there's that one you said not to watch because it has that crazy editing. Oh, that's the last one. It's like Resident Evil, the final chapter. So I've that. seen all of them before that one. That's amazing. That's good. So um, those are enjoyable. Then, so, but see, the problem with, for Natalie Byrne is that Amy Johnston might be taking a lot of her roles. Well, that's true. They're fighting over the same roles. So, I haven't seen her lately either. So, I need to, maybe I should just look in. So, yeah, I think I would overall recommend this movie. Yeah. I mean, for a and, modern day DTV, it's pretty good. You know, 
So and then Vinnie Jones does his usual headbutting. It's like, <laughs> well, he kind of has to, right? Uh, and Furlong does really do anything. <laughs> so, there's some weird picture online. You ever see this? Uh, it's Edward Furlong and Ron Jeremy like at a bar together, uh-huh. and they don't look too good. <laughs> I'll just say that. Looking a little disheveled. <laughs> well, that's it's how like, it is in that Hollywood life. You know, you you, uh, you you live that sort of dissolute lifestyle, and it gets to you. So, yeah, I think this is an interesting uh, start. So we'll go to our next movie. Anything else you want to talk no, about? That, no, that no, 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 no. <laughs> so that, like Jerry Seinfeld or Larry yeah. David there? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> pretty, well, pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I, I try. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a master of impressions like you, but oh, I try. I don't know if I really have a Larry David. I could, I'll, I'll do some more impressions later. Oh, okay. that reminds me. When we, we also, we watched the Jerky Boys movie. Oh, yes. Yesterday. And there was a trailer for Men of War. Dolph Lundgren. So. Right. So if you go to the video store in 1995 Five, and you yeah. see uh, and you rent the Jerky Boys movie, as many people probably did, they probably figured, well, if you're ending this, you're going to love Men of War. I know. It's so great. It's like, and what was it? The Glass Shield. Uh, Men of War. Uh, and, um, and then after the movie was Renaissance Man and The Ref. Yeah. Like, after the feature presentation, there were more great previews. And then it said feature presentation. It's like, I, well, Jerky Boys, the movie, was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, I so, enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I remember when the Jerky Boys were hot and, you know, listened to all their great prank calls. So it has a certain nostalgic value for me that maybe other people wouldn't have. But I think they did the best possible job yeah. they could with that idea of, like, turning up two guys who do prank calls into a movie. They yeah. did. You'd think that would be a recipe for total failure. It's not. It's an entertaining movie yeah. that they did. They have a plot around it that did the best they could, that everyone was doing their best. And, you know, <laughs> that, you know, I, it's better than you might expect. <laughs> I got to ask, though, what is a sizzle chest? You know, they, they I, call. <laughs> well, that's the genius of Johnny B. You know, I yeah. think he just comes up with these wacky <laughs> names to call people. And that was one of them. I don't I think it just came out of his crazy mind. I don't think there's any <laughs> like rhyme or reason to it. Oh, OK. I was trying to figure it out, but I really couldn't. It's like, what? <laughs> well, I think that's part of the Jerky Boys thing is like they try to confuse people like in, yeah. on top of like antagonizing them. They try to say things that are like really weird and off kilter. So the person they're talking to is really confused like yeah, like, like and i lost my shoes and all that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like but that, that doesn't really mean anything i think it just meant to confuse people so well it, it was fun you know and yeah. it's we should bring we can't bring back prank calls because of caller id and no one uses a home phone anymore <laughs> but besides that besides that great, great idea, let's bring them back you know? and let's not forget that the beginning of the jerky boys was before the internet and now we have all sorts of memes and pranks and things that are on tv and the internet and it it's not the same. I know, because you know? I've seen like a couple of clips in the episodes of Impractical Jokers, and it's like, eh, not for me. It's well, like, as I'm on the record as not liking pranks. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I really don't like pranks, because I feel, at first, I feel bad for the person being pranked. I just <laughs> sympathize and empathize with them. It, it's like an innocent target being pranked. Like, what gives the pranker the right to like embarrass and, and hurt someone? I just, and like, rather than, taking the time, effort, and energy to come up with witty jokes and clever things. Like, oh, I pranked you. <laughs> yeah, I, just I, think it's, I just think it's dumb. I think it's very low. Um, 
but you know, good old prank calls in 1995, you know, never hurt anyone. Yeah, but like I don't like these call, prank shows, but not yeah. like a prank where you get like a animal where someone gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a bit like, better. I, but yeah. I still, but generally speaking, I don't like pranks. Like I don't like impractical jokers. Or there's some new show on TV about pranks or something, or What's any of the about? jackass style pranks. I don't know. I think Eric Andre's involved. Um, oh, I think I might have seen something about this, but I don't really know. So I, I know mean, gen- about generally I'm I'm against pranks, but there's something with the Jerky Boys. I think there's a little I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think there's a little bit more wit to the Jerky Boys yes. because they came up with these characters and like Frank Rizzo and, and yeah, plots yeah. and like whole <laughs> ideas and crazy things. So I think there's a little more going on with the Jerky Boys. Wait, and who's the other guy? Kamal. Come on. No, 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 Johnny B's character, Saul. Oh, oh Saul Greenberg, I think. Saul Greenberg, or Saul yeah. Rosenberg. He has Saul a Rosenberg. quote unquote Jewish character. Yeah, and um, then he uses that voice for like the play Mort Goldman, Family Guy. Right. And so he, he really that voice sounds familiar when I heard it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so he really parlayed that into a great career because now he's. It's the exact same voice. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he changed the voice at all. I think no. it's the same voice. Um, <laughs> So that's pretty good that you can go from doing prank calls to like a big career of like being in movies and being on Family Guy. I think that's oh, pretty yeah, amazing. That's a consistent gig. He's, I looked it up. He's been on uh, over a hundred episodes. So well, and uh, and the thing somehow I don't really know how, but his character was actually like pretty likable in the movie. Yes, I liked that. And Kamal too. They're all and Kamal, scene. you know, not nothing against Kamal, but I I feel like Johnny, Johnny B, B has a bit more going on. Yeah, I noticed Kamal was like he's there. He's there, but Jai like, yeah. B did all the heavy lifting. I yeah, thought. he did. You know, as as you know, so as you know, Vinnie Pastor and Adam Arkin and um, is Adam Arkin? No, Alan. Alan. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. So they got it's some and Tom Alan, Jones like, and Ozzy Osbourne and amazing cameos. <laughs> yes, that's right. The band Helmet is in the movie. And yeah, his, the nineties, so they had to have a hot soundtrack. Oh, sizzling soundtrack. Yeah, like sizzle chest soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they should have said. That, yeah, why didn't they say that on the tape? Well, maybe it's they right there. wouldn't get it. I don't know. Oh, that doesn't make no sense. Like, sizzle chest soundtrack. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, you have to be really familiar with the oeuvre of the Jerky Boys to really even know what that means. So they probably just skipped that. Understandable. So now I'm going to go to our next movie that's okay. uh, Unsung Gems. Or what are we calling it? Is unsung I, un- Gems? Unsung Hidden Gems that are hidden? I think I don't a grab know. bag of gems. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that, that yeah. could be something, sure. So our next movie, I I love you to actually try to guess, but I mean like, well I think I impossible. know what one or two of them might be based on okay. prior discussion. But you said you're going in somewhat of an alphabetical somewhat, order. yeah. So I'm gonna go to this next one from the letter B, which is Back to Back from 1996. Oh, okay. Um, See, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, amazing. I never would have guessed Awaken for sure. I yeah, never would have yeah. guessed that. It's impossible to guess that one. Yeah. So, um, Michael Rooker and. Rio Ishibashi and uh, Fred Willard, Daniel Harris, your favorite. Yes, I do like Daniel Harris. And Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yep. Um, we won't say what happens to that character. But, uh, Bob <laughs> Malone, played by Mike Rooker, is an L.A. ex-cop who's having a very bad day. So his daughter hates him, and some guy like blocks his car to get into a battle with the local ATM. <laughs> and he has a loan officer, played by Fred Willard. That's, he has no name, Fred Willard. It just says loan officer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic like, principal, Dick Van Patten. <laughs> I love that. Like, oh, what's the other one? Um, it was from Hang Fire. I think it was just like sheriff, sergeant, sheriff yeah. or sergeant. Yeah. Oh, police captain, um, <laughs> police lieutenant. Um, Yafat Kodo. I mean, come on. I mean, you gotta be more to respectful. Like, police to lieutenant Jones or something. Yeah, Anything. it's all you have to do. It's a, yeah. Is it really so hard? I mean, any um, any last name will do. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you think that might have come up 
at some time. Like, it's like, what's my name? What's my character name. It's like, you don't have one. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's <laughs> keep moving and making this garbage movie, please. <laughs> Hang fire. Hang fire. Uh, not this great movie, back to back. So, Bob Malone also runs into uh, Koji, and they team up. He's another cop on the edge. He's a Japanese cop looking for some drug dealers. And they have to go back to back to find results. It's like, so it's time to clean house is the tagline for this classic. So and it's like an action comedy. So there's some yeah. good comedy elements it's, as well as the action. Exactly. Well, we called, we almost said it was a Tarantino slug because there was a lot of references and silliness and, like that. And, and yapping dialogue. Like, yeah, right, but people have to yap it up, but it kind of transcended it because it had a lot of good action in it. Yes, it does. It, it's better than your average tarantino slog that was so big at the time i, I mean yeah. that's just a term we use it doesn't mean this movie's a slog which is definitely no, not, not but it's just like a term like a um what the other one's oh jungle slog or uh what's the other one i think a sea uh sub slog <laughs> sea right. slog <laughs> right so uh, but this is if you're gonna watch a tarantino slog this has got to be one of the best yeah because something about bob malone and daniel harris you care because it's kind of similar to the last uh, boy scout a little bit Right. So maybe a bit of falling down as well, because doesn't he get like disgruntled by life? Yeah, he does in the beginning. And then he's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's not like a rucker. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, I said you were a master of impressions. And, yeah, that's, that's why Michael Rucker. So like, you know, I guess I was looking up what he was up to. He looks exactly the same, by the way, uh, Michael Rucker. Does, that guy does not age. So, yeah, we, it's an enjoyable action comedy that you everyone will enjoy once they start watching it. Just give it a chance, like 20 minutes. Because, you know, yeah. it seems kind of dumb at first. Like, no, no, it's actually a lot of fun. Right. It's perfect for the 90s or that did come out in the 90s, right? Yeah, 96. Yeah. So it's perfect for that. Perfect. Well, here's yeah. what we said, basically. Kind of what I just said, which was uh, back to back while entertaining doesn't have the depth or quality writing of a uh, last Boy Scout. But certainly fans of it would probably enjoy back to back as well as they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, think, yeah, that's that's accurate, I would say. So now we're going to another B, mm. which is best of the best four without warning. <laughs> you so, expect me to guess that? I, I would know, never that guess that. <laughs> I really am throwing you for a loop today. Well, it's like a one in fourteen hundred shot, really. Yeah. You know, we're coming up on the fourteen hundredth review on the website. Wow. Oh, wow. So, I got to do so, I mean, it's asking quite a bit, but okay. So I Let's have to ask, about, why did you pick Best of the Best 4? Because, see, we talked about, I think we Best of the Best 3, while a good movie, it's kind of a, almost a serious drama, mm-hmm. if you remember, in the beginning, maybe the first, like, 15 minutes. And then it's, like, it's a real, like, kind of genre change, and then it goes to a classic uh, Tommy Lee actioner. Best of the Best 4 is just straight-up action. So it's directed by Philip Ree. Who plays Tommy Lee? And as you put rocker Tommy Lee. <laughs> well, that's how he's always referred in, t- yeah, in the press. <laughs> yeah, what when did that happen? I, like, I don't know, but if you look up any news story about him or Motley Crue or anything, it, it, I, as I said, I think he should legally go and change yeah. his name to his yeah. first name to Rocker. Yeah, so, yeah, you put that in the in the review here. <laughs> okay, so I, I have my jokes and I stick to them. <laughs> okay, so Tommy Lee is back. So. Um, this time he teaches martial arts to police officers, uh, but Russian type gangsters are out for revenge to get some uh, illegal op- <laughs> counterfeit operation and, a, and all this is on a disc they have to find. Mm-hmm. Like, Never seen that before. No, that's original. 
you know, th- nowadays it would probably be on a flash drive or you know, <laughs> Alexa, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or the cloud. See, See, that would be interesting. If these illegal activities are on a cloud, like how do you how do you get to the cloud? You know, I, it's like, I don't know. Do you <laughs> climb up a beanstalk like Mario? I have no idea. <laughs> I think you just have to, you know, talk to Apple. I guess. Yeah, you call <laughs> Apple. They answer on the first ring, an actual person, and they say, "Yeah, here's the cloud." It, it's yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, here's your illegal activity disks. Yeah, like, yeah, and they give you any information you want, and um, it's all very easy, simple, and and pain free because that that's the world we live in. Well, Tommy inadvertently ends up with this disc. So Tobin Bell is the main bad guy. No. His name is – oh, no. no. <laughs> He's the good guy. Oh, I like to say yeah. Tobin Bell as a hero. You would never expect it. Well, he, we're it, talking about evil face. I mean, he's – He has evil voice too. Well, yeah. I mean, it, he doesn't – he doesn't have as bad evil face as the other people we mentioned. No. But he just always plays the bad guy. Well, he has to, you know, if you watch these Saw movies, which I only recommend Saw 2. I've but, never you know, seen any Saw films. But it's fun to hear him talk. So it's like, you know, make your choice. It's like, it's like, live or die, make your choice. Like, why would, wouldn't most people choose live? I mean, well, so you I... got to unlock some key in some guy's brain or something. You have to, like, it's like, a, you know, saw a guy's brain and have, oh, here's the key. You have 30 seconds. It's like, <laughs> why? Well, here they get steadily more and more ridiculous. So. The, if, yeah. Maybe if I was going to watch the Saw movies, I'd start with like the latest one and work back because oh. I, I I hear they're like really, really crazy at, at, at some point. They just don't even care anymore than the yeah. last one I watched. I think it's called like the final chapter or something because it's just all traps. Right. Because they did, apparently back when they did the first one, they did audience testing and yep. apparently they wanted more traps. They're like, OK, and then they Let's just try to make some sort of plot out of traps. It was really it was 90 minutes of traps. It's like, I yeah, need see, something. I just, to... Yeah, I just don't feel that I'm that interested in watching that. And then I, Chris me, I was, was there it. or something. Oh, that's like a yeah, it's technically, it's technically a sequel to Saw. It's a spiral from the makers of, or from the mind of Saw Spiral. <laughs> I think it's called Spiral. That movie, Chris Rock can't really uh, be a dramatic actor. I thought he just he doesn't have it because uh, he he has that voice. It's like yeah. <laughs> he's like yelling, but I thought he's gonna say something funny. Right, right. Well, I mean, he, it's funny because he was somewhat more dramatic in the beginning of his career with New Jack City and Miami right. Vice. Right, he was Pookie in uh, New Jack City. <laughs> yeah. Yes, gotta love Pookie. <laughs> um, right, well, um, see, he got caught up in the drug game. Pookie. Yeah. But I believe there was uh, redemption for Pookie. If I'm yeah, there was. You know, that's what happened. You know, Nino Brown, you know, yeah. <laughs> you haven't, who hasn't seen New Jack City? I don't know. <laughs> but if you haven't watched it, Pookie's in it. So, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Not Ice T or Wesley Snipes or Marvin Peels. Pookie. Or Chris Rock. Or Chris Rock. Pookie. No, just Pookie. But, okay. So, wait, the plot. Yeah. So, Tobin Bell's the villain. Play, his name is Slava. Okay. He has many goons. One of them is played by Sven Oli Forsen. And but Tommy has also has to team up with Detective Goresco, played by Ernie Hudson. Remember they I think they fight briefly, if you remember. <laughs> they usually do. There's always a scene where the two good guys fight at first before they become friends. So yeah, this is overall a kind of a solid kind of B actioner that you would just kind of watch around like three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> when you're bored. But you're still enter- but you're still entertained because it has what you want. Right, that sounds about right. Now, is this the one with the, where he fights the white supremacists? No, that's the third one. That's the third one. <laughs> yeah, the, and then so this is and that right. was the main white supremacist dude was um, Arlie Ermey. So, right. Okay. Uh, plus, there's a stick fighting fencing fight scene, 
And it says that, you know, it has a lot to offer for, you know, classic action silliness. All right, so our next movie, we're going to go, well, let me think here. Um, we're going to go to a classic right now, which is Short Fuse. Oh, so, now here's an undiscovered gem, if there ever was one. So, <laughs> would you like to say who's in Short Fuse? <laughs> Unless you want to. Or... Now go ahead. Well, you know, we were, we were talking a lot about action stars today. We were talking about Simon Reed. We were talking about Schwarzenegger, yep. Stallone, yep. Uh, Natalie Byrne. Um, yeah, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> so, really fast. If Dolph Lundgren was doing an audiobook and they put him on fast forward, that's what it sounds like. It's like <laughs> fast Lundgren. Okay. So, fast Lundgren. Yeah. I think we um, have something so, there. <laughs> That's something you have to work on. I'll work on Seth Lundgren. <laughs> um, but, um, so in that same lineage, we have Art Garfunkel. <laughs> that's right. Art what, Garfunkel what is in this badass. movie called Shorts. Yeah, that, that's what they must have thought. Um, this, and it's also called Good to Go? Is that's that correct. Okay. And, uh, and also Harris Eulin is in the movie who looks exactly like Art Garfunkel. So it's not weird <laughs> enough that they got Art Garfunkel. They got a guy who looks just like him to be in it too. What and is the not, obsession with these Art Garfunkel lookalikes? <laughs> and they're not like brothers or anything. Like no, either. they're just separate, separate characters. characters. <laughs> so yeah. it's very, very confusing and strange right off the bat before anything even happens. Well, that's true. Um, and I love how you just found the at time tunnel, the place that we used yeah. to go to. Oh, I wouldn't have known about it if I didn't see it on the time tunnel shelf is like here's a movie and, and if you look at it it says art garfunkel has a short fuse yeah <laughs> like he does well, <laughs> what's gonna happen when the fuse <laughs> runs out he's gonna like shoot you or beat you up well or... i i, I kind of wish i guess we could kind of pop the balloon on this one a little bit but you know he plays like a kind of a boring reporter guy yeah he does but did yeah. did so, I mean, we have to but, hang on to what we've got. If you look at the <laughs> this is, it, it says our Garfunkel has a short fuse. We're not making that up, right? Well, that is true. That is true. And it says the, the tagline says a gang murder, a cop out of control, and a reporter with a story so hot a city might explode. Our Garfunkel has a short fuse. <laughs> right. So that's one thing you don't want in your life is uh, Art Garfunkel and his you short fuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you don't want that. I, don't know. I guess that's the, that the whole time and not say the plot. <laughs> I mean, people, I don't, if you've never heard of this, you might think we're making it up. We're not. It's real. No. Look it no. up. Google the, the image re- of the box. Yeah, it's like a huge Garfunkel face. And he's like, there's a gangs in the background. It's amazing. Um, and, and the reason why I, the alternate title is good to go is because the band Trouble Funk is in the movie and they have a song called Good to Go. Right? It's like, good to go. We're good to go. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and this quote-unquote go-go music, as it was called, um, is like part of the plot where like there's a, yeah. some guy and he's killing people in the Washington, D.C., I it, believe, yes, you're correct. go-go well, scene. Well, because well, yeah, I remember that because I've heard of this go-go music. It's like this sort of an offshoot of like funk R&B yeah. soul where the – the yes, songs you're actually are a bit almost longer. reading the review offhand. Yeah. Just not <laughs> saying it. You say, yeah, exactly what you just said. And Trouble Urban. Funk, I think, is one of the bigger bands of this style. And so maybe, you know, when trends come along, movies pop up to exploit the trend. So maybe they thought Go-Go was going to be a lot bigger than it was, uh, you know, internationally. And um, uh, then there's a murder and there's like an unscrupulous record producer. Am I right about you that? A, wow, you have a really 
kind of a good memory because it was mostly <laughs> about uh, SD Blast played by Art <laughs> Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a stupid reporter name too. It's like like he's a gumshoe or whatever. I want to be a gumshoe though, Brett. I want well, to be called a gumshoe. Well, I I all you have to do more is go but, out and just step on some more gum. <laughs> <laughs> I do that anyway. Right. So without doing any investigative reporting. Right. It's <laughs> not terrible when you step on gum in your shoe. Yeah. It's like, it's well, I think that's why they gave him the name because it means you're so hardworking. You're just like working through all the gum on your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care because you have to get to the story. So you see our Garfunkel's shoe, it's just all gum. It's like, <laughs> um, I don't remember that, but maybe. <laughs> that would be amazing. That'd be like a good kind of like a naked gun kind of bit or something. Yeah, I would. But see, yeah. I don't know if they actually use the word gumshoe in the movie. I think you just no. Made I that made up. that. I I made that up. But it's like so he plays SD Blast. He's an alcoholic reporter, and uh, Chief Harrigan, you know, a different character. Wait, where's Chief Harrigan? Oh, he just calls Chief Harrigan. It's like, and he thinks uh, the chemist played by Richard Brooks of Law and Order. That fame is involved for a crime that's outside the Go Go Club. So, but uh, it's not that bad of a movie, you know. There's a lot no. of fun boom boxes and graffiti and our Garfunkel. <laughs> <So it's like, laughs> Three things that always go together. <laughs> so so yeah. it's one of those only in the '80s weird things um, that deserve attention, which is why yeah, we're talking that's about. That's what we're it. talking about. 1986. Just, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Um, so it's kind of an interesting time, like it's because it's not about rappers and hip hop. It's it's no, like about it's this not. other kind of thing. Well, like if it took place in New York, it probably would be, but because it's Washington D.C., it's this other form of music. Well, here's what we can say: it's like a concert drama. That's what we put in the review, right? Because there's a lot of musical footage, right? Exactly, and we call all of this ended on this one. It's an important art effect. <laughs> i do love my puns um, but um yeah it, it's worth seeing if this sort of craziness a, appeals to you in any way um and, oh, and uh and yeah then, yeah we made fun of garfunkel and harris you looking the same because we yeah. said that uh garfunkel has a bizarre comb over it says it makes donald trump's look positively normal by comparison mm, interesting. <laughs> And the shirt music gets Elvin Rag. It's like, <laughs> I don't like him. Okay, love shirt music. Goodbye. So, right. So, you know, Trump has a short fuse. And, and <laughs> Art Garfunkel, great guy. I, I, uh, I got like a great guy. Simon, not a great guy. Just like Garfunkel. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right. So there you go. And, uh, uh, and just as a side note, the daughter of one of the members of Trouble Funk left a comment on yes, this. Yes, which I can read if you like. Okay. I have to find it if you like. Well, um, <laughs> go for it. Okay, so like a vamp if you <laughs> are looking for this comment. Now here we go. Uh, so it's from the uh, commenter named Mrs. Miss Laurie. I'm watching Good to Go as I type this comment. <laughs> My dad is Big Tony of Trouble Funk. This is a deep movie. It brings a little clarity as why Go Go didn't make it really outside of DC. I mean, my dad has played overseas and they love it. <laughs> Gogo never really made it mainstream. I love this movie. <laughs> That's a good way. And then uh, to end that, and I'll go to our next movie, okay. which is a movie you have not seen. Okay. But it has some laughs, which you should probably watch eventually, which is Circle of Pain. It's another uh, one of these MMA things. Yes, but it has funnier moments. So that's why oh. I have to get the review. And so, that's not the one you just found at Goodwill that we were no, just talking about. That's Locked Down of Vinnie Jones from Awaken. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Circle locked, of Pain. Is, oh, is this the one where the punches have the dreams of a 
No, that's that? uh, one of those Hector Activaria ones. I think that was either Death Warrior or the other one. <laughs> See, I haven't but seen. Like, have I seen any of these MMA things? Or no, you skipped them when I yeah, I guess I just skipped ten them, plus yeah. years ago. So, uh, okay, so Circle of Pain from 2010. It stars Tony Sheena as Dalton Hunt, and he retires from the Revolution Fight Club (RFC). Hmm, the RFC. <laughs> hmm. And after a sparring match goes wrong. He put his friend Wyatt, played by Dean Cain, in a wheelchair for life. So five years after this tragic event, he is forced to fight for the RFC to fulfill his contract, which requires one last fight. And his opponent is the mohawked badass Colin the Brick Whale, played by Heath Herring. And <laughs> guess who plays the RFC boss? Oh, is this the one with Nick Mancuso? No, it's Byling. Oh, oh. Just, just as credible as a prison guard. I guess. <laughs> exactly. That's I love to get like the meetings to get Bai Lang to be in these punch fighting movies. Like, do you want to be a a prison guard or and a UFC boss or RFC boss? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why why Bai Ling? Why not? I guess is the whole ethos. Exactly. That's a way to put it for a whole life. Why Bai Ling? Why not? You know, mm-hmm. he's always fun to watch. Okay, so this is a 90-minute training exercise for mm-hmm. ta- and training sequences for Tap Out. <laughs> tap Out Enterprise Incorporated, all rights reserved. So, yeah, Kimbo Slice also co-stars, and he does not do much. Um, just gets beat up by Tony Sheena for, like, one second. And uh, Heath Herring only speaks in short sound bites. So he says, this fight is already over. <laughs> and, of course, he kicks Frank Murr. I know I might be saying that wrong, but I don't care. Frank Murr in the face, and then he says, it's kickoff time. <laughs> right. That's my favorite part. I remember part. you talking about that, yeah. I loved it. I rewatched it a couple years ago. I definitely uh, delivered the silliness. Um, so I would check this one out. Yeah, this is probably one of the better punchers from Tap Out. Now, Keith Herring, is that the artist? or? Uh... <laughs> no, it's Heath Herring. Oh, Heath Herring. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, Heath. Like... So he's he's a classic, you know, punch fighting dude from the UFC. Okay. He doesn't really say much because he's kind of a meathead guy. Right. But he does get to say it's kickoff time. Yeah, to Frank Murr. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I checked that out because it's it's because it has Dean Kane and he he actually puts in a quality performance because he has to be in a wheelchair most right. of the movie. And he care and he's like it's it's a, actually a, a solid uh, movie overall. So it's one of the better punchers of Absolutely. the UFC kind. Yeah, the UFC uh, produced movies. This is one of the better ones, I'd say. All right, so our next movie is going to be Down and Dirty. <laughs> oh, Fred Williams. So, well, we've talked about this, haven't we? Well, I thought, but I thought we could talk about um, maybe do it briefly because I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to. <laughs> you go just out, wanted like, to sing the song. That's all you want. I to kind do. of. Um, <laughs> so here's Down and Dirty. Okay, so yeah, Dax Smith is on the case. Well, I almost want to say it's on the pod that we need to hopefully the rage within will ever will come out one day. It's been over 20 years. <laughs> you never know what Vinegar Syndrome will uh, will come up with. Um, but, you know, we've talked about Fred Williamson before. And yes, I'm pretty best sure Fred's best yeah. Fred's forever. And oh, that's what I mentioned, like how Busey's, he plays the evil D.A. And there's the mysterious Gil Garner. <laughs> Remember Gil Garner? No. <laughs> played by David Carradine. And of course, Nick Gleam, like the toothpaste. Because <laughs> so, I, I think we talked about the movie briefly, but not like in somewhat more detail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So I, I laugh when I saw Gil Garner and Gleams. Like, all right, let's talk about this one. Uh, is this so, the one where um, what's his name has the shiny, fake-looking hair? It looks like Lego hair. Um, oh, are you Jim Brown. About, no, that's on the edge. Oh. Was it Jim? No, it wasn't Jim Brown. It was the other guy. Um, oh, I could have sworn it was Jim Brown. No, it was. And I remember this. Let me take a quick look here. So on the edge. Here we go. On. <laughs> okay, so your Bernie Casey had the weird. Oh, oh Ron O'Neill. Ron O'Neill had the weird. Oh, it was Ron O'Neill. Yeah. Oh. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll go with you on that. I just yeah. Uh, I was reading it. Man, I thought that was Jim Brown that had the funny hair. But, um, nope, it was uh, it was Ron O'Neill when I was taken. Well, right, we, anyway, we know who's in on the edge, right? Well, <laughs> yes, we we must have mentioned the fact that one of our greatest actresses uh, is in it, uh, Gloria Allred. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I'm dying to know how she is in this movie. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was a quick down and dirty there. So well, we'll that's it. Next... That, that's all. We'd, we'd even talk about Down and Dirty. Oh, well, did you like Down and Dirty? Do you remember? I remember it? liking it. Yes, it's part of that 2000s Fred output that I think we like. That's a good point. You know, I rewatched it and it was like, okay, it's you know, obviously it's a little low rent here and there, but there's something about it because Fred keeps you watching. Yes, and that's and, pretty much the bottom line. Yeah, and you know, you got these great character actors hanging around, like Charles Napier too. It's right, like, you're so off the it's case, Fred. Fred. <laughs> yeah, so Fred Napes. Um, who else? Of oh, David Carradine and Gary Busey. Right, David Carradine and Gary Busey. And then, you know, there's a well, murder and then and, and Dax on the case, Dakota yeah, Smith. Okay. And Nick Liam is his partner. He's kind of a wacky dude. So that, that's basically it. But what you keep you watch it, it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting into, but I'm think it's gonna be pretty enjoyable. And which it is. Okay. Uh now our next movie is The Outfit. Right, the outfit. Okay. From 1993, directed by Jay and Vingden, uh, Christian and Vorgsen. <laughs> Jay and Vingden from Vorgsen. Well, it has all of our favorites. Lance Hendrickson, Billy Drago, and Rick Washburn, and Martin Cove. So it's a gangster drama. You, you remember this one. I remember that we watched it, yes. Okay, you know, it's about Legs Diamond and Lucky Luciano and Dutch Schultz and all those people. Peeps, I mean. Yeah, right, peeps, yeah. And then Agent Baker, played by Martin Cove, is on the case. Um, but he needs results to show J. Edgar Hoover. So <laughs> so why did you pick this one to, well, I, as a gem? I picked this one because it's like, it's kind of an interesting gangster drama on a low budget. I it's kind of interesting to watch because, you know, it looks it looks cool. It has kind of a cool cover. And there's something about it also just keeps you watching. And it's from the makers of Comrades in Arms. Mm-hmm. We're going. We're switching the thermo. Yeah, so we're switching the thermo, and uh, now the outfit. I want to switch the thermo. Why can we never switch the thermo? You know, you have to get thermo, oh, and then that's you a can good switch point. to it. I don't it. have any thermo. <laughs> I have a thermos. Thermo? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, we're, we're drinking from thermos. Was that that's what it was gonna be? But we're they switching changed the thermos. It. Yeah. He had a cup in his hand, and then he threw it, and then he threw it switching the thermos. But it has like maybe some like green goo or I don't know. I'm trying to think of something weird about it. Wasn't um oh that's in Comrades in Arms. It was Lyle Alzado. He was in that. Yes, he was. So yeah, what do you remember? Are you do you remember? Well, you you covered everything I remember. That it's like a, a gangster drama. They did their best on a low budget and has a good cast. And, yeah, you, you keep, it's pretty good. I mean, and I think it's only on tape also. So tape I only gem. Yeah, I love those togs. Um, our next movie is a horror, which is Epitaph 
They hopefully I'm pronouncing yeah. that correctly. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the maddening. Um. <laughs> Would you like to talk about the maddening? Happy well, time. we can talk about the maddening another day. You okay, maybe we do uh, grab grab bag of gems too, and it could be the maddening. <laughs> Um, so but Epitaph is the City Lights, which is why we watched it. We don't yes. usually watch these movies for the website, but I think we were trying to watch some more City Lights. Yeah, 1987. It stars your buddy Flint Keller. It's oh, like, yeah, Flint Keller. Yeah, he had a good run with City Lights around that time. Yeah, Flint. So it's not Clint. It's Flint. Yeah, Flint. Flint Keller. Do you remember any about the plot of uh, Epitaph? Mm. Was there a haunted house? Yes. There's a haunted house. But it's also more of a kind of a teen romance movie too. Oh. Um, was trying to, I, I'm reading it. It's like, wow, what this is. It implies that there's like some teen romance, and then Flint Keller is a like a, a cool high school student, and he falls in love a little bit. And then there's some horror elements with the haunted house, and there's <laughs> there's an actress named Dolores NASCAR. <laughs> oh. So <it's> not, <laughs> She kind of acts like Karen Black or Sean Young as like a, she's like a crazy mom in it. I see. Yeah. But I think I, Fresh Kill, the other Flint Keller movie, is better. I, that's my memory as well. The <laughs> Fresh Kill, interesting. <laughs> Sounds like it would be like one of these modern day things that might have Seagal or maybe even Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Because it was Hard Kill of Bruce Willis. Hard Kill. Wait, hard Kill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trust me, it wasn't very good. Yeah, in uh, Fresh Kill, Flint Keller plays Alan Chester. Of course he <laughs> does. <laughs> or is Alan Chester as Flint Keller? <laughs> well, yeah, who even knows anymore? And uh, B- uh, Robert Zadar uh, also co-stars. I guess it was his birthday yesterday, June third. Oh, uh, Robert Zadar's. Oh, I don't. I don't know Flint Keller's birthday. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> then you should just leave now. I mean, yeah, I, I know. I can look. I guess I can shame. look it up. I, no, I, no, shame. I know. I need to be shamed. <laughs> not knowing Flint Keller's birthday. <laughs> How um, dare you? So um, Epitaph. I mean, this. So it, it's interesting. It's like it's a horror. It's a drama. It has a downbeat kind of ending. It's kind of interesting though to kind of take a look at. Right. They were trying. Yeah, yeah. trying because it's a video store era. It's like okay, we're trying to make a decent drama horror. So you should definitely check it out. Yeah, that's pretty much everything I remember about Epitaph. All right, so we're gonna go back to the E's. With a classic, Evolver, 1995. Oh, Evolver. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Embry and William H. Macy as the voice of Evolver, maybe his best work. So it's like, forget, <laughs> you know, Fargo or Shameless, something like that. It's, it's Evolver. So much to ask him. No one ever does. No one ever asks him about Evolver. That's No. It's like, hey, weren't you the voice in Evolver? I was. <laughs> like, I don't know. Are you probably more that. likely to say, I was? I was? Like, I don't remember yeah. doing that. <laughs> well, maybe he loves his work in Evolver, and you know, maybe he has a the Evolver, which is a robot. Right? Oh, maybe he got one as like a parting gift after he made this great movie. And the plot about Evolver uh, involves uh, Kyle, played by even Embry. He likes to hang out at the Turbo Play Virtual Excitement, a virtual reality arcade. He's so good at VR games; crowds come to watch him. So. Uh, then he wins a contest, and it's the Evolver contest. He gets a robot that goes right into his home. But the government is really uh, uh, is pulling the strings. Is Evo, as they call him, the Evolver, might be a killing machine. Oh. 
So we'll see. So the robot looks pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of like what a, a Roomba is now. It's like a deadly Roomba. Huh. But it stands it up, like, though, doesn't it? It stands up, it talks to you, but then also it might kill you. <laughs> I think you know, my memory that this was a very entertaining movie oh, that we all highly. loved. Yeah, it was like it was like a crowd pleaser for sure. Well, it's kind of fun. You know, it's like we wish there was a real evolver, but one that doesn't kill you. But, oh, maybe someday. You know, they're still working on VR. Anything can happen. Well, there's VR now. There's AI. There's AI's VI. Uh, there's... VI is that virtual intelligence? <laughs> sure. Huh. I'm just making letters. Oh, okay. about virtual insanity. Where's uh, Jamiroquai in all this? I think I think he's doing okay. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Wait, is that his real name? Uh, J.K. or Jason K. I believe. Oh, Jason K. So you, you, I don't think that right off the bat. Yeah, no, well, I, I know his name. I like Jamiroquai, that's why. It's, and the video is still pretty cool. There's like a moving platform for virtual yeah. insanity. That's very slick. Yeah, it yeah. was. Do, do you know any other uh, Jamiroquai songs, Top of Your Head? I, I mean, there's yeah, there's albums I can name. I don't know if they didn't really have too many other hits. Emergency on Planet Earth, Synchronized, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Funk Odyssey, I think it's called. Well, you're uh, the music expert, so I had that. I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Evolver, yeah. So we said that William H. Macy is a lot of fun as the robot. It's very similar to Happy Birthday, Polly. It's that type of robot, yeah. Yeah, and we said the bizarre melding of Nintendo's Rob the Robot, a game of laser tag, a Tamagotchi, Happy Birthday, Polly, a Roomba, and Mr. Bucket. (laughs) Right, you you mix up all that stuff. You got your revolver. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Mr. Bucket. You have a great time. Bucket, the (laughs) boom. This is... This is, this is going off the rails. Okay, well, we mentioned Mr. Bucket. Guys, sing the song of the Mr. Bucket. Well, let's hope we never mention uh, Alligator what? or Crocodile Dentist. Or oh, Rose yeah. <laughs> or Crossfire or Muppet Babies. I don't know if that's really <laughs> Or Cop Game. Or some kid with a bowl haircut screaming, I win! Yeah, at I the end of the commercial. Yes! Like <laughs> yeah, yes! Well, kids um, love to say yes! Like that, and when like some bad guy falls off their treehouse or something, right, <laughs> right, like a playing dangerous or a Revenge of the Red Baron type thing. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did we watch Playing Dangerous? I, it's so hard I to find so. the uncut version. I think it might be on YouTube. But I don't want to sign in because it's kind of a hassle. So, uh, well, we gotta watch it. It's like you know, Home Alone meets Die Hard. And, <laughs> oh yeah, so we said that you know Ethan Embry does a good job as the teen because he's a real teen, not a thirty-seven-year-old in disguise. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a good thing. And also there's a song in the movie called Beat the Machine, a 90s techno song. That, I don't remember whatsoever. I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that either. <laughs> okay, so we have... Is it sung uh, by Evolver? That'd be amazing. It's techno. He's a piece of technology yeah. also. He could sing the song. Yeah. Beat the Machine. Beat <laughs> yeah. the Machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to beat the machine. <laughs> <laughs> it writes itself. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> Okay, so our next movie is I hope we've been talking about this before, but Airborne. So Airborne. going back to the eighties. Airborne, Steve Gutenberg. Did we talk about oh, this already? I, I I would imagine we must have uh, because let's it's get, so let's silly. Let's go a little deeper. Okay. So it's from nineteen ninety-eight, song Steve Gutenberg, Kim Coates, and Sean Bean. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Pray it doesn't land. 
That's the tagline. Bill mm-hmm. McNeil is the head of a special ops, played by Gutenberg, is the head of a special ops team known as Mach 1. <laughs> and there's an evil canister with an evil virus that will do a lot of evil things to people. <laughs> so the head of the said evildoers is the anonymously named Dave Toombs. That was his name? Played by Sean Bean. Toombs. Is this like uh, Sinestro or Killmonger? Dave Killmonger, is he called? Or uh, 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 Valane. Oh, Valane. Like, wait, wait. Yeah. You mean villain? Like, no, no, not villain. It's, I don't it's play. one L. Bonnie, I don't play. Like, <laughs> I need my, I get my money's worth. <laughs> I love that part. Is it? I'm gonna man you up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Bill McNeil has to fight Dave Toombs. Is not. <laughs> I told you this podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill McNeil fights Dave Toombs, uh-huh. and then there's as like, we all know and love. Yeah, we all love it, and then uh, that's about it. So, well, well we said. You're kind Go of bearing the lead is that yes, you know Steve Gutenberg is the is supposedly this ultra cool tough guy, yes, which so kind of comes off kind of oddly. Yes, so I can read the full sentence if you want. Oh, go for is, it. Okay, the Goot opts for an unshaven, laconic, action hero style voice, very gruff. So I'll explain. Here's an example: the phone rings. There's a pregnant pause after the Goot takes the phone off the receiver. There's another pregnant pause before he speaks. Then in a low, pretentious, drawn-out tone, it was throw filled with gravel. He says, "Yeah." <laughs> yes, I remember that phone answering scene. I remember writing that because that that phone answering scene is really hilarious. Like it's way oh, funnier yeah. than you might think. You think, oh, someone's answering the phone. That that's not funny. No, it is because yeah. uh, the way he does it is just really hilarious. I, I gotta rewatch this. We we posted this ages ago, over ten years ago. Because I think the movie itself is somewhat standard, or it has a plot that's very standard. But the fact that Steve Gutenberg is—it's kind of like um, Cracker Jack too, with you know Judge Reinhold. It's yeah. kind of like an un- unlikely action star. Exactly, and um, it—that's it, what makes it fun. And also, there's something about laser tag again. Well, that, so, it was the '90s. That was hot stuff. And, <laughs> and I guess just to scar people, Gutenberg also wears spandex pants for some reason. So it's, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, he, they have like these, he has like these weird skin tight outfits for yeah. some strange reason. Like, yeah, no. okay. <laughs> okay, so I have a few more. Um, this is number. Oh, well, I erased some of it. Oh, our next movie is Gunblast Vodka. Oh, so. <laughs> right, Gunblast Vodka. With yeah, our let's friend. talk about Gunblast Vodka. Yeah, so, yeah. first off, that's a cool title, Gunblast Vodka. <laughs> yeah, good title. The year two thousand uh-huh. has got Auto. Jurgen Prock now and Angie Everhart and uh, <laughs> a guy's name I cannot pronounce. Okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. So, uh, so but, it, but yeah. the important thing is it has Gotts Auto. Yeah, Gotts Auto at his absolute best. And Gotts Auto plays uh, tough cop Abel Rothstein. <laughs> mm. He's a Tel Aviv born badass who is in the Mossad. And he has to uh, take out and find this like pornographic ring run by uh, Jurgen Prock. Now he has like a, a like bleach blonde hair in it. If you remember that, 
I remember it's um, very wacky overall. And it's weird. Such a weird movie. And also Angie Everhart hang, is hanging around as uh, Gato Otto's like girlfriend. So, but it's all it's it's shot in Poland. It's just there's something a bit off. Remember that car chase in the movie? Like it looks weird. Like they're hanging off a car. <laughs> I remember there's a bunch of weird wacky camera work and yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it's it's one of these off kilter movies. Not a world away from yeah, like exactly. a Diamond Cartel. It's like the beginnings of a diamond cartel, kind of. It's like, okay, so what's diamond cartel trying to be like? Gunblast vodka. So it's like, well, apparently gunblast vodka in the movie is a real thing where, like, you have to, like, did I, did I explain what it is oh. in the review? It's like you have to put a quarter in, like, a glass of vodka and drink it or something. Oh, okay. I don't think that's here in the review. Oh, oh but they explain. It's like, this is gunblast vodka. You have to do it. <laughs> So it's not just a poetic title they came up with. It's an no, actual thing. But it sounds cool. And I right. found it at uh, Zia's in Las Vegas. That's right. like, also interesting. It's like, Gunblast Vodka? Bought it immediately. <laughs> I could not have bought it fast <laughs> enough. Like, add to cart. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember I just, like, and, like, Zia's had, like, the coolest selection of garbage. It's just, like, so Gunblast Vodka and also Trial, and Watch. Trial Watch and uh, Supreme Sanction. And, and, like, I had that big list. I found, like, eight movies on my list from Zia's. Yeah, that was a good outing for you that day. Yeah. <laughs> Supreme Sanction. That was great. I'm going to kill your daughter, maybe. <laughs> it's me, Michael Madsen. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't his most committed performance, but we could talk about that another time. Yeah. Well, we did Mad About Madsen, I think. Well, I don't think we didn't mention Supreme Sanction, I don't think. Oh, okay. Well, we should have, I guess. But I know we talked to... Wait. Do we talk about Major Blevins? I <laughs> That's like a running joke now on this podcast. Okay, so what do you want to say about Gunblast Vodka? Do you want uh, to recommend it? If you're ready for something weird, wild, and wacky, then yes. Okay. But if it, but if it's if you're, you know, looking for something more standard, then no. Yeah, because see, the problem is there's a lot of wacky camera work, and we said that um, it's like it's a cameraman who is like zonked out on crystal meth and. Yeah, the post dubber who is deaf. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird technical parts to the movie. That, yeah, and the, I, it's, yeah. some of the editing is a little headache inducing. But there's something about the movie. It's like once you get used to the off kilter vibe, kind of like falling through. Also from mm. the year 2000, you know, uh, Peter Weller and um, Roy Scheider and uh, some Canadian. Oh, Gordon Curry? Is that right. No, this is from what I remember. Gunblast Vodka is a lot better than uh, Falling Through. I guess I have yeah. like a, you know, a, a bias, soft spot for Falling Through. Soft spot through. for because that was a good find at Time Tunnel at the time. Yeah, it was. But let's let's be objective here. I mean, Falling Through is much more standard. Yeah, Gunblast yeah, Vodka yeah, is, is wackadoo. Yeah, it's wackadoo. Yeah, I like the wackadoo factor. So yeah, and then let's not forget about the saying God's Auto. Which yeah, God's <laughs> Auto. God's Auto. I know. Um, Rai guy. Yeah. He, he loves, he he loves, guy. God's, he loves gods. He loves the gods. It's like, God's autos in this? <laughs> so. Oh. And because here he plays an Orthodox Jew, and in Schindler's List, he played a Nazi. So he, wow, you know, he, he has a lot of acting range. Yeah. So we're going to go to our last movie, and, it's, and a couple quick, um, and one like really bad one. So let's go to the really bad one, where we get to, we'll end on a high, which is the movie Laser Moon. <laughs> You, you um, want to bring Laser Moon out into the focus of, of this podcast? Focus, laser focus, oh, right? Oh, no. um, 
Well, fine. At least the moon sucks. I was just trying to change up like all good movies, and there's like one bad one to sneak it in. But we could say it sucks. Okay. So then our last movie. <laughs> that's what Tracy Lord says in the movie. Yeah, she says this sucks or something. This sucks. It's like the movie really does suck. I mean, like it's one of the worst we've ever seen. But now you can guess this last movie because I mentioned it before. Uh, Revolt. Yes, that's great. We're gonna talk about uh. Revolt from 1986. It stars Rand Martin. Now, we give it four stars. <laughs> yeah, but you might have to remind me why because I, I know we've seen it. I remember really enjoying it, but and I know it's really rare. But I, uh, I will read the best. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Starting like a classroom scare film about the evils of drugs, we get some hilarious narration from a very serious announcer. It seems like a documentary, but then we're thrown into the tale of a California family um, with Steve Brown, his wife, Mina, and her son, Jeremy, who we'll get to in a second. All Steve wants to do is run his Iranian restaurant, 1,001 Bites. Okay. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, but there's one problem. There's an evil drug pin on the loose. An anti-Iranian bigot, Macintosh. Um, and Steve's brother named George agrees to become a driver, a drug runner for the nefarious Macintosh. But George gets killed. And then uh, Steve becomes the action restaurateur. And he has a mustache, by the way. And he snaps into action and takes on Macintosh and evil sheriffs and goons and the evils of drugs. So, I mean, it's a great movie and everyone should see it. And of course, as I always say, and it's but it's because it's true, Vinegar Syndrome should release it. And uh, I think this also got a comment from someone connected with the movie. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just again, it's one of those weird, wacky movies that you just have to see. You just have to watch it. It's, I don't it's hard to explain. But once you watch it, it's like, OK, I'm in. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't know how else to, you have to it, be so in the it, mood. You know, let's, let's try to compare it to something else. Like, I wouldn't say compare it to Cop Game or, um, but it has that kind of feeling. Well, I think when you were doing this hidden gems idea, I mean, yeah. I think you were kind of avoiding movies we've talked about before, like, yes. um, Samurai Cop, Miami Connection, yeah, and Get are, Even. Yeah, the, none of those. I mean, we've talked about them a lot, and with yeah. good reason. But I think Revolt could reasonably fit in with those because it's so nutty and has that off-kilter vibe. We go, huh? Yeah. And uh, but you enjoy it a lot. So I, yeah, what is like okay? Because you have to be like a connoisseur, of, a like, direct trash, video connoisseur, video connoisseur. <laughs> hey Matt, <laughs> of like this kind of goofy, kind of garbagey movie. If that makes sense. Mm, I don't know if I'd call it garbagey. I think that's a bit negative. Okay, now how about this? Like an off-kilter, wacky idea of a movie that they just doing their best to make a great movie. That's but, better. That's yeah. better. So we did get a comment from uh, one of the stars of Revolt, Jeremy. Because <laughs> I think if you Google the movie Revolt, we're like one of the only people talking about it. So he pretty much had to find us because he can't find it anywhere else. It wasn't even on IMDb for a while. No, it took forever. And we what we, was that a Netflix instant? I think it was. Uh, I think it the, was. That Back when they had YouTube. interesting stuff like this. Yeah, I hope so. Like, I really hope so. Some people I mean, can I guess, watch it. I can look it up live, but mm. maybe not. I guess, all right, fine. I'll look it up, I'll look it up real quick live. So total request live. <laughs> Yeah, that was the Backstreet Boys. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Melissa. I love the Backstreet Boys. Ah, I'm from Wild Washington. Ah, and they only show like a little bit of the clip. Like, oh, here's Backstreet Boys, and, uh, number two today. 
Number one's NSYNC. Right. Um, what a great time for music. <laughs> it really was. Wasn't it? And then they didn't play a full video. It was mostly just a bunch of girls screaming in a little box, and they moved yeah. on to the next thing. Exactly. And, <laughs> like, and then like you see Carson Daly. It's like, oh, well, here we go again. And so I'll put Revolt 1986. Okay, it's supposedly it's here on YouTube. It's uh, Here it is, yep. Okay, so it's on YouTube as of the time of this recording. People can yes. go and watch it, which they yeah, should so do. We have a comment from Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy so, himself. Wow. Here we go. I was in this movie. I played Jeremy. <laughs> I would love it's time you copy. stop right there. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No, but there's a little more to it. I would love to find a copy of this movie as the director passed away and I tried to look for it at foreign video stores. I was about 12 years old when I did this movie. So if anyone knows where to get this film, I'd be so happy. Well, Jeremy, it is now on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and you read that comment by several years ago. And... Yeah, by 13 years ago. And hey, now hey Jeremy, YouTube. now it's on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and there it is, buddy. <laughs> which I'm guessing he might know uh, by now, but maybe he wants to own a copy. So I don't know. Maybe he can like dub it onto a disc. I think there must be some sort of technology. <clears throat> I'm sure there's. <clears throat> I'm sure there's a way you can do that. So maybe Jeremy can do that. I hope so. So I'm definitely. You know, we're definitely pro Jeremy. Provolt. <laughs> I said hopefully Jeremy can do it. I, mean, I know his name is not Jeremy. I mean, hopefully that guy can do it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He played so, Jeremy. Yes, he played so, Jeremy. And I think, and I do remember they called him like an Iranian pig or something. Yes, good memory. A bunch review. of kids go, Iranian pig, Iranian pig. <laughs> <laughs> Which you, you wouldn't think that's funny, but in the movie it is. Yeah. So, um, and it's only 72 minutes of awesome. So. <laughs> right, which is another great sign. That if your movie's short, it's going to be good. Kind of like the Jerky Boys movie to kind of bring it all full circle. Exactly. So that's a great way to maybe uh, end the cast. Um, right. So hopefully <laughs> we cast. Yeah, as apostrophe cast. So hopefully this um, will give you some movies to watch for your watch list. Yeah, and, and mostly uh, that's pretty so much the whole point of this is, you know, most gives of it people is like, available. Yeah. Maybe not Epitaph. Maybe we got to go on eBay and Amazon for like Epitaph, something like that. Awakens probably online. Revolt is on YouTube, Jeremy. So, uh, <laughs> this is turning into uh, Ernest P. Worrell and talking to Vern. I mean, oh, hey, hey Vern. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Vern was an imaginary character? No, he was his neighbor, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, I never really got that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I appreciate that info. <laughs> I thought maybe that was that was his friend or brother. Oh, okay. They, they never showed him in the movies. Well, because you're kind of seeing. Ernest from Vern's perspective, so you wouldn't ever see him, right? So it's unless they had a mirror, unless you put up a uh, well, yeah, a mirror at the end, yeah, that'd I guess be you cool. Could do that. Do you finally get to see Vern? It's like some like really cool dude. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like Tom Cruise or something like that. It's like <laughs> like from Risky Business, Tom Risky Cruise. Business, Tom Cruise. He actually played Vern the whole time. Like, well, that's why you, that's why Ernest wants to impress him all the time because he like thinks he's cool. I bet Vern is cool. It's like, <laughs> See, that would be a fun twist, kind of like the St. Elsewhere uh, uh, ending. <laughs> Whether in so, a snow globe, or yeah. Now, I, you know, people always made fun of that ending. I think, but I think it actually it's pretty brave to do that. I agree, and also I don't know if it's supposed to be literal. They're literally in a snow globe. But not I think in it's, a snow globe. They're it's just the... it's supposed to be a poetic ending. Like, why can't yeah. you do that? I think, see, this is like life. I think we might even talked about this before on another podcast, but it's like the remake of Life on Mars. Right, where it gets so, too literal. Like, yeah, it, just to say it's very literal. It's like, no, no. Right, so I think people need to calm down. They need to be more poetic and stop being so literal. Yeah, look at the, Han- the Hannibal ending, this, the show. 
Which maybe nice, you shouldn't say in case people haven't seen it. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say that. It's like, it's nice. It's an ending and that's it. You know, there's no, it's like the ending you want in a show. Uh, that's such a classy show like that. So, but All right. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Well, and, we're not um, done just yet. We're not. We have to do the, no, <laughs> we have to come up into Warriors. Well, well yes. I mean, that yeah. is part of the wrap up. But yes, we <laughs> want to thank you. I think oh, maybe there's Warriors? some extra segment you were going to drop on me or something. No, no, no extra segments. Oh, wait, do we do Warriors? Oh, no, we do plugs and Warriors. So the plugs are uh, comeupwithreviews.net. Right, you can read further reviews of all the movies we mentioned. Yeah, we mentioned, yeah, they're all there. So take a look on the archives. Uh, So comeupwithreviews.net, we can find those great reviews. And then we, uh, Ty Comeupwith is on Twitter. Ty Action Rocks is my Instagram. You can usually find me there. I posted Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington today. Mm. Yeah, it's a little standard, but still a good movie, though. You definitely can't make that today. Um, I love the scene where Denzel, John Goodman, and Donaldson are all talking to each other. It's amazing. Hobbs, you got in too much trouble, Hobbs, if you remember that, Brett. Uh, sounds about right. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I feel like snow, that, that definitely happens in Fallen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, that's it. So now we would hit, we'll hit up some warriors, Brett. Uh, the Fount Man. Yeah, go Fount Man. Um, uh, Matt Poirier, you, DTBC, Richard yeah. Hawes. Yeah. Um, he, he messaged me today about uh, Samandal. Oh. So, yeah, he, he, yeah, he gave me a link. I'll show you. And um, let's see. Uh, Dave's VHS, uh, Ainsley and Rebecca and Tim and the gang. Right, for One Dark Fright. One Dark Fright. And um, I guess that's it for now. If you want to get a shout out, just message me. <laughs> tell, tell us you want one. <laughs> tell us you want a shout out, and I'll shout out, and I'll write it down. So. Oh, in that order. Well, yeah. Shout it out, and you'll write it down. <laughs> exactly. So I guess that's it for the pod. Bye bye. Bye. Get off my snurf board. <laughs> <laughs>